You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 387, How Can I Develop My Spiritual Gifts, Part 4. Well, we've talked about this, this list, this passage from 1 Corinthians 12, where we hear about the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge, the gift of faith, the gifts of healing, the working of miracles, prophecy, distinguishing of spirits. And today, we've saved the best for last, the gift of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. Now, easily, this is the most controversial of all the gifts. It's the one that people are scared of because I constantly hear this this question, do I have to speak in tongues? No, you don't have to. Not sure that's the right question, but you don't have to. You don't have to use any of the gifts, but you can. And and actually, what I've what what I've kind of rephrased when when people say say in our church because we are a spirit filled church, but we don't care if you speak in tongues or don't speak in tongues. It's not about that. But instead of saying, "Do I have to?" I think maybe the better question is, "Can I?" Because who wouldn't want to be able to pray directly to God with no interference, the interference of our mind. The enemy has no idea what you're praying. It's spirit to spirit. Let's look at a couple of verses here. Now, we, we, we've started off with this verse every, every week, these two verses. It says, this is 1 Corinthians 12, 1. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I don't want you to be uninformed. So if you grew up in a church where they didn't have uh, operation spiritual gifts, then, then, of course, you're uninformed. You, you haven't been around that. And, and Paul says, I don't want you to be uninformed. And then in 1 Corinthians 14, he says this, Pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God, for no one understands him, for he utters mysteries in the Spirit. Now listen to what Paul says. This is 1 Corinthians 14, 5. I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. Well, why? Why both? Well, he said, the person who speaks in a tongue is building himself up while the person who's prophesying is building up the church. Well, isn't that more important? Well, yes and no. But Jude, that little teeny tiny letter right before Revelation, he says that we should build ourselves up in our most holy faith. How? By praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, some people say that's not talking about tongues, and maybe that's not all it's talking about. But here, in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul talks about praying in the Spirit and building ourselves up. And that's what he's talking about in Jude. He says, build yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So there's nothing wrong with building ourselves up. And he says, he says there's nothing wrong with that. He says, 
the the, the one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself. Well, there, don't don't be don't be afraid of that. Don't be ashamed of that. We should be building ourselves up in the Spirit as well. So, so Paul's saying here in 1 Corinthians 14, prophecy is important and praying in tongues is important. They're both vitally important. But does everybody have to pray in tongues? Well, again, it's not a thing of have to. It's a thing of can you. When you read Acts, the pattern in Acts is that when people received the filling of the Holy Spirit, they typically manifested spiritual gifts. Well, which spiritual gifts did they manifest? Well, speaking in tongues and prophecy. Those were the two that, those are the two that we see in, in, in Acts when people were filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, does God still do that today? Well, that's another discussion, but as, as we've said on earlier uh, episodes of, of, of this particular episode, earlier, earlier parts, is um, yes, you know, there is a section of the church that doesn't believe that, that they believe that these gifts have ceased, and it's that's you, that's fine, I'm not going to argue with you. But, but, but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't teach that. And so we believe in helping people unlock everything that the Holy Spirit has for them. And that's why these gifts are so important. Isn't it interesting that what we're scared of the most has the power to build us up? You know, we're scared of, of the gift of tongues. It's terrifying if you've never been around it. It's, oh my God, I don't understand it but it's given to build you up. And, and I just wonder if maybe that's why the enemy's attack is to keep people scared and ignorant, to keep them from being built up. Um, years ago, uh, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I spoke in tongues, and it was like, okay, yeah, this is cool, whatever. It really, I didn't understand how important this particular gift was until my wife and I moved to West Africa as missionaries. And through a series of circumstances I had, and, and, and West Africa is a, is a hotbed for spiritual activity, and I'm not talking about the good kind. They still have witch doctors, uh, medicine people. Uh, we, we, we think in terms of medicine men, you know, in the Old West here from Indians. But, but, but think of witch doctors, and, and, and these people exerted spiritual power that was demonic on the, the people in their tribe and on the people in their villages to keep them under their control. And it also earned them a really good living. Um, but through a series of events, I had some alleged curses placed on me because I was making an impact in the area with, with, with sharing the gospel. And, and, and I didn't understand it, but I wasn't particularly worried about it. But, you know, I began to pray for protection. And God began to, to I just began to sense the need to pray more in the Spirit, began to pray more in tongues. And what I found was, as I began to pray in tongues, my faith began to grow in these curses, these threats, whatever. I don't know if there's anything to them or not, but there, but there is a real level of demonic oppression in that area. And so I just began to pray in the Spirit, pray in tongues. And lo and behold, whatever, whatever I was feeling, you know, some type of depression or darkness or whatever was coming on my mind, which I felt from time to time, it would just be lifted off. So... That's just one, you know, anecdotal story, but I would encourage you, if this is something that's new to you, to read the scriptures, read Acts, read read Paul's letters. What does he have to say about praying in tongues? Um, Romans 8, I want to read a couple of verses here. Um, listen to what Paul says. Likewise, this is Romans 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray 
for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep with words, too, too deep for words, and he, he who searches the hearts and minds knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So here we see this idea of the Holy Spirit praying through us. That's, that's the whole point of the gift of tongues. Now, are there messages in tongues that require interpretation? Well, yes, there are. Um, we don't see those as often. I'm not sure why. I have no idea why. What I see more often is the, the gift of prophecy being used. But what I have experienced, and, and I've had others share this with me as well, is I've prayed for interpretation for my own prayers in tongues. Um, and if that's something that you've never done before, I would encourage you to say, Holy Spirit, would you allow me to understand what I'm praying when I pray in tongues? And then just listen and see what the Holy Spirit says. So, so, so praying in tongues and then the interpretation of tongues often work together when there's a message. But the, this idea of, of, of just praying in tongues, you don't have to worry about interpreting that. Only if you're going to share something in, the ch- in front of the church or do you need to worry about interpreting it? And and like I say, we often kind of go with prophecy instead. That seems to work better. But um, in some circles, they still operate this way. It's fine. It's fine. Whatever the Holy Spirit's doing in your church, that's cool. But but this idea of praying in tongues is given to you to build you up in your faith. And it needs to be developed. It's one of those things that um, I've got a friend who, who was raised in a, in a, in a non-spirit-filled environment. And he he was he'd been in our church for years, loved our church, and nobody ever put any pressure on him. We don't care, but we had a service where we said, "Listen, if anybody wants to receive their prayer language, and and and, and learn to pray in tongues, come down and let us pray for you." Well, he he almost ran down, and he said, "Today's the day. I'm going to get it." And I just laid my hands on him and started praying for him, and sure enough, he just started. The Holy Spirit was just bringing you know this this beautiful uh, uh, prayer language out of him. And he said, oh, I, you know, I never thought I could do that. And I said, well, you know, it just involved you getting to a point of saying, I'm ready and yielding yourself to the Holy Spirit, because ultimately that's what it comes down to. So if this is new to you, get into the scriptures. Say, Holy Spirit, I want to I know. I want everything you've got for me. And if that means praying in tongues, I want to pray in tongues. Get into the scriptures. See what it says in Acts. See what it says in Paul's letters. And then ask the Holy Spirit to make it clear to you. And then if you've got somebody in your circle who you know who's, who's filled with the Holy Spirit, speaks in tongues, get them to coach you because they'd be happy to pray for you. All right, so that, that's an overview of the nine spiritual gifts. Now I want to just kind of give you some, some ideas. We, we talked about how often we, we think of, of, of these gifts as you know, something cool that God gives us, almost like a you know, parlor trick, but that's not what they are. They're more like tools than actual presence. Even though they are gifts, they're given freely. They're given to us as tools to use so that we can be more effective ministers. Um, Whether it's praying in tongues throughout my day, when I'm around people, I'm quietly praying. They don't know I'm praying in tongues. But in my mind, I'm praying because I'd like an opportunity to share the gospel with them. Um, Looking for opportunities to share words of wisdom and words of knowledge. Asking God to develop the gift of faith in me. Looking for opportunities to pray for healing for people. Looking for opportunities to see God work miracles. To speak prophecies. Listening, listening, listening for distinguishing of spirits. And and seeing how God will use these gifts 
to help you become a more effective Christian. You know, we don't just look at these gifts and go, oh, these are cool, these are nice, I'm glad I have this. He wants us to use them to help other people. That's really, really the beauty of it. And remember, it's never wrong, it's never wrong, no matter what you've been taught, to desire to operate in spiritual gifts. Paul said, earnestly desire. There's nothing wrong with that. Because ultimately, when we do it right, the Holy Spirit is working in us and using us to help more people find Him. Each of these gifts serves a specific role, just like we said, as the tools on the belt of a carpenter. And so, for you, it's learning how to use them and how to operate them. Now, I'm not very good with hand tools. In fact, my wife has to hide them, um, you know, so I don't hurt myself or, or do damage to the house. And I'm just kidding. But, you know, there are some people that are very, very good in construction. And they they know how to use, you know, their hammer and their saw and their power saw and all these cool tools to make things happen. But, you know, they didn't come out of the womb knowing how to use those things. They had to practice. And just like a construction crew has to work and practice to learn how to use their tools and learn how to work hard to build a house. In the same way, we learn how to use God's gifts, the spiritual gifts, through practice. Through practice. So this is often takes place, in a, and as we said, in a small setting, in a small group. That's a great place to develop spiritual gifts. It happens in your own prayer time as you're asking God, for healing and miracles in other people's lives, and you're asking for words of wisdom and words of knowledge. You ask God for these things, and then you listen to what the Holy Spirit says. Um, so we practice. And it's, don't be afraid to say, hey, God, I'd love to be able to prophesy. God, I'd love to see the word of knowledge developed in my life. God, I'd love to see miracles and healings in my life. Don't ever be afraid to pray that because this is the will of God. It's in the word. It's right here. In, in 1 Corinthians, don't be afraid to take the Word of God and say, God, I want to see these things developed in my life. I'm going to give you a um, couple of resource highlights here that I think will help you. The first one is The Beginner's Guide to Spiritual Gifts by Sam Storm. By Sam Storm. Uh, Sam Storm is an amazing story because he didn't grow up believing in spiritual gifts. He was actually a cessationist pastor who believed that these things didn't exist anymore. He believed that the, the gift of tongues and all these other spiritual gifts were, had been done away with, and we didn't need them anymore because we have the Bible. But through a series of interesting events, he, he realized he was wrong. He, he was subsequently filled with the Holy Spirit, and now he operates in the realm of these spiritual gifts. So he's got a great book, The Beginner's Guide to Spiritual Gifts. So I encourage you to check it out. Second resource highlight is my book, uh, Reflections on the Resurrection. This is not about spiritual gifts, but it's about the greatest miracle that ever took place, the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, and why that is so important for you and I. You know, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, our faith is in vain. And so we, we talk about that. We talk about, um, it's, it's an apologetic book in the sense that we look at the different arguments against the resurrection. Um, it's a devotional book because it looks at how um, the, the, the resurrection, what it means to us spiritually. And I think it will be a real help 
to you. So check out both of these great books, and I know they will be a blessing to you. Well, friends, I hope you've enjoyed this series. If you missed the first three parts, go back and check them out. And if you have any questions, by all means, go to davidspell.com. Leave me a question or a comment in the comment section so that we can stay in touch. While you're there, drop your email address in so that we can uh, uh, send you our free newsletter. And that way my content will just slide right into your inbox. Well, friends, thanks for being with me. We'll see you next time on Leading and Learning.